Welcome to Linda's Life Lessons Podcast. As a teaching professor, my students often tell me that their favorite part of class was when I chatted with them in what they called Linda's Life Lessons. I would take five or 10 minutes at some point in class, not every day, and chat about things that had come up, maybe in one-on-one meetings with students in my office or a question asked in class. There's pretty much nothing out of bounds. We talk about it. In these podcasts, I share tips for students and parents, helpful guidance through the college years, and a few stories along the way. We chat about situations students have found themselves in and how we navigated it. Along the way, we talk about some do's and don'ts for parents, too. Okay, let's get started. Welcome to Linda's Life Lessons Podcast. In this episode, we chat about money, specifically finances, and we also chat about the cost of college. Honestly, this isn't something I ever figured would be a subject for a podcast episode, but students shared their concerns with me and asked questions, so I brought it to the podcast. So let's start with a big one, probably one of the most common concerns that was shared with me, the cost of college and student loan debt. Clearly, you feel that college is a worthy investment or you wouldn't be in school. Let's focus on and think of this as an investment. When we think about investment, what sort of a timeline is associated with it? Let's think about other investments we make over a lifetime. When we decide to get married, we often purchase a ring that is an investment. We purchase cars that are investments. We purchase homes as investments. Obviously, we purchase other assorted items as investments. We start businesses as a form of self-investment. What kind of timeline is associated with these sorts of investments? The ring? hopefully a lifetime with our life partner. A car, maybe five, 10 years. A home, well, that sort of depends, but somewhere around 15, 20, 30 years. Investments are often made with the intention of putting money into an item over a period of time while enjoying either the use of the item or a return on our investment over a period of years. So if we look at college as this sort of an investment, we should be looking at it in terms of the return it provides to us. There's all sorts of data available about the difference an education makes in terms of employability and earnings over a lifetime. It doesn't have to be a college education. It could be an education in the trades, for example. But post-high school education will make a huge difference in the amount you earn over your lifetime. So you invest, let's say, $60,000 in four years of college. I use this figure because that's the figure some students shared with me. Now, we could do all sorts of calculations about the return on investment you receive from the money you invest in your education, you know, in terms of your increased income and and so forth. But we're going to look at things a little bit differently. To keep things simple, we're going to skip the calculations and just do some comparisons in the life of your investment. Your education is something that cannot be taken away from you, that doesn't get worn out or used up. And in fact, it's likely that you'll add to your education over the years with additional training, but your education is an investment that does not depreciate. Your education and the difference it can make in the rest of your life is a priceless investment that we should be looking at in just that way over the entirety of your life. I would not be the same person if I had not invested in myself and gotten an education. 
Sometimes what we need to do is shift our thinking and look at it in terms of the difference something makes over our entire life. It makes the overall cost seem not quite so high. How about student loans? Personally, I'm a big believer in student loans, particularly when they are used responsibly and appropriately to finance your education. I wouldn't have been able to go to college without student loans. My parents were not all about me going to college. I was the only one out of four kids who went to college, and it was up to me to figure out how to pay for it. So student loans were a part of my reality. And yes, I've heard we all hear stories of people who take decades to repay their loans. There's usually a pretty good reason for that, and a fairly simple one. The interest rate on student loans is typically lower than other borrowing, because student loan programs are often subsidized by the government. So if a person has debt, let's say they have a car loan, maybe a home mortgage, and then their student loans, the interest rate on their student loans is likely to be lower than the rate on a car or a home because of these subsidized loan programs. So it makes sense to take a longer time to repay them. Always pay your highest interest loans off first, and then the next highest, and so forth. This is the big reason people have student loans for so many years. Let's talk about this from a different perspective. I've met with many students who are determined to graduate without any debt. They don't want those student loans. They don't want that student loan burden. That's an admirable goal for sure. But accomplishing that usually means working so many hours during the semester that it is really, really challenging to find some balance. Something has to give. My guidelines for the necessary balance in your work and school life is to not work more than 15 hours per week during the semester. More than that, and it gets challenging to be doing anything more than school and work, and something usually suffers. Most often, students who work more than 15 hours a week during the semester find that their grades tick down because no person can do it all. Depending on your personality, this may or may not be a big deal. Maybe it'll really bug you to have your grades go down. I was putting myself through school, so I tried to work a whole lot during the semester. I was working two jobs and carrying 18 credits. And you know what? I ended up having to drop a class. And even then, it was a huge struggle and frankly, exhausting and stressful. The problem is most of the time, if I'm having a conversation about working too many hours, I'm talking to someone whose grades are suffering and they're looking at having to drop a class because it isn't going well or they end up having to retake a class because of their final grade in the class. So think about it. If working so many hours means you end up having to retake a class or even classes, how is this helping you make progress toward your degree? And when I chat about the overall situation, this is often a student who is determined to have zero student loan debt when they graduate because of the horror stories they've heard. So I find myself gently suggesting that there is no shame in taking out a small student loan to help with expenses so you don't have to work such excessive hours during the semester, hours that take away from your ability to do well in your classes. It goes back to considering your education as an investment in the rest of your life. Honestly, I've seen students have to take classes three and four times. Think about that. That is a huge added expense. So my hope is that this part of our conversation helps you to reshape your thinking and your determination to graduate with zero student loans at a potential cost of low quality of life and lower grades 
because you end up having to retake classes. Yes, if you take out a student loan, you'll have a student loan payment for some years out of college. But in the big picture, this loan, this investment in your future is manageable. All three of my boys had student loan debt when they completed college. They didn't love it, but it wasn't insurmountable, and it certainly hasn't kept them from being able to live a good life. One of my boys paid off his loan as fast as he could. He hated having that debt, and when he got to his later 20s, he worked hard to retire his student loans, and he did it. At his wedding, his new mother-in-law told the story of how, after he had dated her daughter for a bit of time, my son had a talk with his new mother-in-law, or now mother-in-law, about why he wasn't taking his wife, at the time her daughter, on a lot of expensive dates to fancy restaurants and such. He explained that he was paying more on his student loans because he just wanted to get them repaid, and he did just that. His loans were paid before they got married. His mother-in-law loved that about him. She loved that he was that responsible to the degree that she shared that story at the wedding reception. My other two sons took a more gradual approach to retiring their student loan debt. One of them went to graduate school, which meant additional loans. So he is still paying on his student loans, but he's only about 10 years out of graduate school. Also, be aware, depending on your job, you might even get help in repaying your student loans. There are programs available, so it's worth looking into. I guess my overall point with this student loan talk is that there is a big difference between student loan debt and consumer debt, such as credit card debt. Student loan debt is an investment into your future. Sometimes students make decisions about college in an effort to cut down on costs. So they might choose to attend a college close to home and then commute to school every day. One of the schools I attended as an undergraduate student was a small private college, and there were quite a few commuter students. As a freshman, I lived in the dorms, and I vividly recall feeling so bad for the students who weren't around at night to be part of the activities and antics that were part of dorm life. To me, this was where the fun part of going to college took place, so they were missing out on the fun part. Witnessing this made a big impression on me. When our boys went to college, I instituted a family rule that they had to live in the dorms for the first two years at college. And even though one of their hometown friends might be attending the same school, they had to live with someone they didn't know. I knew that they needed to meet other people, and living in the dorms is a great way to do just that. Some of their closest friends today are people they met while living in the dorms. We live in a small city with two good universities. Two of my boys decided to attend the university where their father taught, where I'm now teaching. It's a fine university, but initially I pushed back a bit when they talked about going to school there. I made them argue their case, which they did. So why, why did I care about them going to school where their dad worked? For one reason. They grew up with that school. Visiting their dad at work meant visiting that college campus. Our city isn't large, a population of 50,000 or so, and I wanted to be sure that they experienced more than just our small city. They made their case and they went to the university they had grown up with. That was their first choice. But even though we live only blocks away from campus, they lived in the dorms for their first two years. Mom's rule, you know. 
Once I started teaching, it wasn't unusual to hear from local students who regretted deciding to commute to campus. Here are Brandon's words about this decision. I grew up close to campus, and in high school, my senior self decided it was a good idea to stay at home and save on college costs instead of living in the dorms. Two years into this, I regret it every day. I have found a group of friends who I will be living with next year, but not a day goes by where I think of how different my life would be if I chose to live on campus instead of commuting back and forth from my parents' house. I can't tell you the number of times I'll be staring at my ceiling at the end of a long day and think to myself, you could have lived in the dorms. You could be out right now. You could have so many friends. All these thoughts and more pound at my head until, miraculously, I finally fall asleep. I feel as though I've missed a crucial part of my life just from one decision. It reminds me of the butterfly effect, that major decisions can drastically change the outcome of a person's life. Senior year was my butterfly effect moment, and I may have made the wrong choice. So my advice, if you're going to college, live in the dorms your first years. It makes a big difference in your overall experience. Clearly, I am biased about the value of a college education. I have a very personal reason for that that has nothing to do with the fact that I teach college. Right now, we are seeing messages from corporations that say things like, you don't need a college degree. We just want you to have this or that skill. And they recommend getting some certification so you can just start working for them. Sounds appealing, right? Way more straightforward and cost-effective than going to college. Well, let me tell you why that makes me very, very nervous. When my parents first got married, they were full-time farmers, first in southern Illinois and then in central Wisconsin. They had a couple of kids, and then I was the third one. Shortly after I was born, they decided to sell everything on the farm, and they moved to the Milwaukee area. My dad worked nights while he took computer programming classes during the day. He didn't get a college degree. He just took programming classes. He had served in the military and just didn't want to take more time to get a four-year degree. As soon as he finished his classes, he was hired as a computer programmer. This was in the days in which most people had no idea what a computer was, and the computers themselves took up an entire room. If you've seen the movie Hidden Figures, Those computers the women learned to program were like what my dad worked with when he started programming in the early to mid-60s. In truth, I had no idea what my dad did. My little girl self thought computers had something to do with making rubber bands because he came home with rubber bands on his wrist from the key punch cards he used. He worked as a salary payroll programmer for 35 years until his retirement in the late 1990s. He enjoyed his job and his job had a lot of responsibility. But I watched him become very, very bitter about his job and, frankly, about college and college educations. Why? He didn't have a college degree, so he was never able to be promoted with the company he worked for. It was a large corporation. To be promoted, you had to have that degree. So younger, much less experienced people were repeatedly hired as dad's boss. And as his boss's boss, dad had far more programming and institutional knowledge, but he was never promoted because he didn't have the piece of paper that opened up the doors for him. 
that rankled was flat out a chip on his shoulder to his dying day. You could only imagine his reaction when I started dating a college professor and ultimately married a college professor. He got over it and came to love my husband despite all that college education. When dad decided to retire, he spent his entire last year writing a manual for the company. And even with that, they still had to hire him back as a consultant after he left, after he retired. So despite companies telling you that the degree doesn't matter right now, I encourage you, stay in school. It might not matter right now. You might get that job. That part is probably true. But the piece of paper, that degree, is often what opens doors for you later on down the road. The degree does matter. It is your investment into your future. Shifting gears just a little bit, here's a big tip for you. Check to see if your university offers a personal finance class. I've taught one. I've taught it a number of times over the years. It's a class that I insisted my boys take if their school offered it. It's arguably the most valuable class you can take in terms of offering important rest-of-your-life information. Personal finance classes will typically take you through everything from insurance to taxes to budgeting to should I lease or should I buy types of decisions and how much rent can I afford to pay and is the salary this company offered me enough and so much more. Right before the pandemic, I toured four different companies who hired graduates from our school. I reconnected with many of my former students. One of them made a point of telling me how much the budgeting work we did in that personal finance class mattered to her to this day. She said she uses it every day and has shared it with many of her coworkers who didn't have the benefit of taking a personal finance class. I recommend that every student take this class, even my business majors. The thing is, As a business major, everything you study is all about a company, a corporate position, not personal. Personal finance is just that, all about you. No matter what your major, personal finance will benefit you, I promise. And with that, I'm closing out this chat about finances and the cost of college and such. I'm sure this is a topic we will revisit because we really just got started with answering the questions. If you have questions you want me to talk about in this podcast, reach out to me. I'm all ears and we'll talk about it. I hope that talking about finances and college costs and student loans has been helpful. If you found value in this episode, would you please share it with your friends? I would love it if you took a moment to subscribe to the Linda's Life Lessons podcast. I'd love to hear from you, so take a moment to write a review. Connect with me on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to find your happy. Love what you do and make a difference. See you next week. When I'm teaching, I end the week of classes with this message that I will now leave with you, my friend. Have a lovely, fantastic, and fun weekend, and please come back to me safely. See you next time.